Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Do, 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 This is The Movies That Made Me with your hosts, Josh Olson, and Joe Dante. I, there's nothing better than podcast guests because they just automatically record their own audio. A trio of hosts, if you will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, uh, should we please forgive my dog if he barks in the middle? He will, um, oh, that's all right. He's on guard. Mine's right here at my feet. Oh, (laughs) mine's luckily amazing. So, should we we won't have that thing where the dogs drive each other crazy? Exactly. Now they're good. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, why don't we, um, uh, I don't know if you've heard our show. We're we're not, we're not one of them, well, then they're slick, overproduced things. We just sort of, no, I love it. it. But I might, I guess we should introduce you. Oh, why not? Joe, should we no just church. make a break with tradition and tell people who we're talking to? I think it's only fair. Um, uh, I, I think, tell me, tell me if I'm wrong. Um, I would say uh, the, the world first fell in love with our guest on uh, the TV show Glee. Mm-hmm. Fair, fair approach. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Um, and uh, uh, you're a producer, actress, singer, and um, I'm not even going to, I, I, I hate plugging other people's podcasts, but she's got a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One or two? Well, I've had three Another. now. Oh my gosh. But I'm all, in the dust. We're, we're only currently doing one. And we're, the one is actually dormant at the moment. So I'm not doing any at the moment. Oh, oh wow. you're doing ours. Yes, yeah, exactly. Doing ours. <laughs> um, really? Because this seems like the time I feel like everybody in pandemic is doing a podcast right now. Well, that's well, the thing about podcasts. Anybody? anybody can do them. Ah, uh, but can they if they're them? good is yeah. the, is the doing, question doing them well is the, uh, <laughs> yes um but uh, our guest is jenna oskowitz uh and um uh, multi-hyphenate talent and uh, tony winning producer i was unaware of that i apologize right oh gosh uh, it's how would uh, you know uh well they they do have a they have a computer and i've got access to <laughs> the there's internet. a wikipedia out there it's usually uh, people put their tonys up on the uh on the cabinet there i don't see yours joe mine's right there uh, i can bring it closer if you want oh is that oh that's it yeah, oh, well when they're gonna be on zoom oh. haven't you found i find um the majority of awards i have been in a room with uh are usually in somebody's bathroom well, that's the British thing that they do. They put them yeah. in the bathroom. Um, do you know why? The first thing they see when they wake up. Well, no, no, no. What you no? It's not about you. It's about it's about <laughs> you don't you want your guests to know that it's not that big a deal, but you want to make goddamn, <laughs> but you want to make goddamn sure they see the thing. <clears throat> uh, that's oh, that. funny. Oh, yeah. Just that. Oh, that thing. Don't yeah. Just and my I, Tony. I, I always said that if uh, uh, yeah if I had, if I had, if I had won the Oscar I would have um, uh, 
I would have a list with all my friends' heights on it. And when they were going to come over, it would hang over my front door and it would be just high enough that it would brush the top of their head when they walked in. What's that? Oh, sorry. That's my, my Oscar. It's probably a good thing you didn't win that Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you may have uh, thanks, Joe. That's very supportive of you. <laughs> um, but uh, but Jenna, you're you're going to come in. You're 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 going full on brand, right? You're gonna you're gonna. Dude, I don't think I told Joe what you're talking about. You wanna, you well, I all right. I'll tell him. I'm well. I'm doing um, musical films, but more specifically, um, biographical music films on um, musical artists and uh, composers and whatnot. Um, but but I could tell you. I mean. I know this is a podcast about movies that like make you, I mean, obviously these musical movies made me, um, but my brother is, uh, nine years older than me. So growing up in a house, uh, we were, we were a house of blockbuster films. Um, we also, I don't, you probably don't know this, Josh, but our dog growing up was named Gizmo. Um, oh, because my oh. brother and I loved Gremlins so much. Oh, no wonder Joe likes you. <laughs> he has other um, attributes. <laughs> um, and thanks, Joe. And uh, is that the one? That's the one with those things that you don't. I don't know. I, I need to see that one. <laughs> Got to check it out. Got to check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, obviously, musical films were um, what I was watching. But I also started working when I was three. So, um, there are laws. Yeah. Some, sometimes, um, I was, I, you know, going in and out of the city from long Island, which is about an hour drive every, almost every day. Um, so I wasn't watching movies. Like I wasn't the, the kid who, you know, went to the theater a lot and watched a ton of films at home. I was in the car, um, or on set. Um, and so it was definitely, um, it wasn't until oh, so you were working on like TV and movies. No, yeah. I was actually, well, I was lots of commercials as a kid, right. lots of print jobs, commercials, and then Broadway when I was nine. Okay. So I was concerned it was like a situation where you're working in the mines or something. It was <laughs> same thing. Getting very upset. Yeah. I mean, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> same hours. Um, and you know, I wasn't, you know, I, I wasn't, I, it wasn't until later that I started really uh, kind of watching films. Like my brother would have them on. He's a massive Star Wars fan. He can tell you, I mean, he, Scorsese, huge fan as well. Like, um, but I grew up watching like 80s films, E.T., Goonies, Back to the Future. Um, we watched lots of Pee Wee. And <laughs> for me, he would turn on the occasional Pee Wee. Um, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which like, oh, yeah. you know, it's a great film. <laughs> Amazing film. Were you, were you a fan of his TV show too? I, yeah. I mean, on, yeah. it's just in the background all the time. Um, yeah. love Pee Wee. Uh, we'll only talk about the good things, but, um, you know, I also grew up watching like rom-coms. I'm your quintessential girl who grew up on Long Island. Like I love my rom-coms. I also loved like the John Hughes films. Those were on repeat as well. I loved like 16 Candles and some kind of wonderful and like Eric Stoltz later became a friend. And you're like, wait, hold on. What? <laughs> um, and now like 
I that kind of still bleeds into like what we have on at home all the time. You know, we we watch blockbusters, we watch Harry Potter films, we watch Marvel films, we watch you know the Nolan Dark Knight Rises tr- uh, trilogy. We watch National Treasure. We like the the blockbuster, the known film that we've seen about a hundred times that we could watch over and over and put on the background and walk away. Um, but you know, we're going very on brand today because. I mean, you know, the first one I remember, obviously, like, you know, The Sound of Music and Wizard of Oz, um, when I wasn't working and I was home, those were on, when my brother wasn't watching Star Wars, I was watching those. Um, Julie Andrews, you know, just total icon. And um, all of these musical films then, like, very quickly were either first on Broadway or translated to Broadway Broadway quickly after that I had friends that were, you know, as the Von Trapp family um, on Broadway. So I was going to see Broadway shows a lot more than I was watching movies. But if if they translated in some way, I was able to um, connect them and, and right. then really, um, att- you know, attach myself to them. So that said, <laughs> are we no, jumping sorry, in? That, are we going? Gizmo? Yeah, we will. No, that no, no, that's bear. So this is that's bear. bear. Gizmo, Gizmo is... Um, is uh, has passed away a long time. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, that's okay. She was my childhood dog, but yes, on Long Island. But this is Bear, and he could be a gremlin as well. And also, just because he barked at exactly the right moment, that is a dog that's not her voice cracking. It uh, it perfectly (laughs) timed. It was amazing. She's a trained singer, kids. (laughs) Trained singer. (laughs) Excellent. Are we but, jumping uh, in? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Jump into the first one. What's 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 for? Are you going chronologically? Or are you going just? No, I'm just going. I'm well. Here, worst to best. <laughs> yeah, I could do that too. Um, or or you know, well, no worst ones on here. But, there's no real order. Yeah, there's okay. no real order here. Um, I will segue with La Bamba. Para bailar La Bamba. In 1957, Ricardo Valenzuela had his family, his talent, and a dream. Rock and roll. Come on, baby, just rock. Look at my Richie. He's shining like a star. I really dig your music, and I'd like to record it. Um, Richie, you know, I... Here's the thing. So when I was in The King and I, it was 1996. I was on Broadway with Lou Diamond Phillips and Donna Murphy. Oh, wow. Hey. And um, my parents thought I was nine at the time. My parents somehow always managed to, like, make me feel like I was five years younger than I was, you know, by a sense of protection and security. Um, I... You know, they they thought that this movie would be too heavy for me to watch. But because it was Lou, they let me watch it. And um, I just, I mean, Lou was, is the nicest, most wonderful man, um, like became, you know, basically our second dad on stage for a year. And he would always have these rituals uh, backstage before the show where he'd go around to where each kid's cues began and give him a, a daddy Lou kiss before the show. And so wish us luck. And there were 14 of us. So he really did that. And we really idolized him. Um, and he was our leader. So um, I was able to watch La Bamba, learned a little bit about Richie Valens. 
And um, like I said, again, that really, you know, knowing Lou, that really connected me to these um, kind of bigger icon, you know, musical um, performers and, and me being able to kind of relate them to what I knew in my life. Right. Um, La Bamba was, I mean, I just watched it again. It's so, it, it's, it's actually like very tragic and sad, but like, also I just love that, like, uh, that American dream feel to mm-hmm. it. Um, you know, about, you know, him just being like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a rock star and his mother just being in his corner the whole time and kind of supporting him. And I guess like now that I think about it, there was also this, like this thing I related to my career and my life growing up like that, being like, I'm going to do this and, you know, um, having a family that supported me as well. So, um, La Bamba was definitely one of those that you just like, it kind of transcends time for me now. I can watch it all the time and it just makes me a really good movie. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, and I remember the. Uh, uh, I think I've even since I got our email back and forth with you, but um, you know, I was a big Los Lobos fan. Still, still am. But I, oh. I don't think to this date I've ever seen anything like seeing them at the Greek in Los Angeles with probably the widest spread, most diverse audience you could possibly imagine. Because you know they came from East LA, and then they were this sort of, you know, punk thing going on, and then a few years had gone by, and then they'd had this huge pop hit doing La Bamba. So you just get everybody in the world at the concert. And when they come out and they, they do this jam at the end where they, they open up with literally every famous guitar riff in the world that segues into another, that segues into another, that segues into another. Then they go into La Bamba and you're looking around and there's, you know, an 87-year-old Mexican grandmother dancing on her feet. And there's a 20-year-old black kid over here. And, yeah. you know, you're this middle-aged white guy losing your mind. And it's just everybody having the greatest time in the world. It's, uh... <laughs> It's incredible. So incredible. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, though. I mean, I guess I wasn't thinking about it at the time, but Louis Filipino, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. which I thought, like, you know, a lot of these films, like even um, one we're going to talk about later, like uh, Selena, you know, J-Lo also got a lot of uh, kind of like backlash for that as well, because it's Richie Valens who's Mexican. Yeah. And, and Lou is Filipino. That would have never flown today, ever. Yeah, it, it wouldn't. It would not fly. Which fine, you know, I, I get it. But also like he did, it, that was his breakout role. Like that yeah. was, it was incredible. Yeah. 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 Have you ever seen, uh, Joe, did they ever make a big bopper movie? No, he was, he was a minor character in some movies, but not. Yeah. So. Cause I would say the, the, um, La Bamba and the, if you've ever seen it, the Buddy Holly story. I yeah. think everybody who was on that plane, the Buddy Holly story with Gary Busey is also really Totally. Great. Totally. Totally. Um, um, all right. Well, let's keep going. Uh, cool movie. Yeah. Yeah, a great, great film. Um, all right. Well, this one I like, and I don't know that anybody's ever heard of this film before, um, but De Lovely. But that's why birds do it. God, she's ravishing. <laughs> Which one's Cole Porter? Even Did I sweep you off your feet? Because I really had the intention to do that. You wrote that song about Linda. Songs don't have to be about someone you know. Remember, it's your story, too. It's a love story. That's why I'm frightened. In Spain, the best upper sets. I've never had the urge to be completely honest with anyone until you. You knew so much about me when we met, Cole. Don't you think I'd heard a thing or two about you? You and me. That's what was meant to be. Oh, first time that's appeared on our podcast. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. 
Um, it's the Cole Porter story. And I, I mean, the film was like, it's not like the best film, but it has like the quintessential Cole Porter songs that show up. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you've got Anything Goes and, um, and then you have this like very traditional, I mean, iconic Broadway composer, right, Cole? And then all of these modern day artists show up to perform his songs in in the movie. So you've got, you know, Ashley Judd, who- um, right. is, Yeah, doesn't Elvis, Elvis Costello does something? But Elvis, right? Co- Elvis Costello, uh, yeah. Robbie Williams does a number. Yeah. Um, Alanis Morissette, I was like, excuse me? Like, she's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really, I thought it was really cool. And I, I, and I think that in any way you can, you can kind of do the crossover between like real pop culture, popular- um, artists and and to elevate like Broadway um, composers, actors, you know, performers, and uh, is always helpful <laughs> because Broadway is. I'd like to think commercial and and becoming more commercial, but it's still quite. It, it can be quite niche as well. So, yeah. um, for I've, I've never actually seen it. How how do they? I mean, so those, those people aren't singing on screen, are they? They they are they're performers in the kind of like fantasy of his life. So we, we oh, start at like right. when he's about to die and then he sees this like kind of musical movie in his head, um, you know, play out. And it goes back to when he first met um, his Linda Porter, um, his ex-wife, and um, kind of takes us through the little journey of like, you know, that whole uh, blackmail of Cole, you know, being gay and um, still being married to uh, Linda, but also have somebody found video, you know, took video of him or photos, I guess, at the time um, and said they were going to release them. So she went away, but then she's going to die. And, you know, it's the whole thing. But um, it's a, I, I just like it because I, I think the more exposure Broadway can get in Hollywood, the better. <laughs> There's a, a, a previous Cole Porter uh, biopic called Night and Day with uh-huh. Cary Grant as That's Cole right. Porter. That's and right. it's um, not exactly accurate. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm they reference think. Night and Day in this one as well. Because then it was a musical. Night, no, Night and Day was a song, right? One of Cole yeah, Porter's yeah, but it was also the name, it was the name of his movie. And, and then, another, and, okay. and it was, it was supposedly his story and he was very heterosexual. And you know, I was saying, it's 1946, <laughs> Joe. I somehow yeah. I don't think Cherry Gray. Yeah. yeah. It was his story, quote, unquote. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So I really liked that one. And I just kind of like them, you know, using all of those, like those artists as well. Um, and Kevin I do remember great. I had the album, but I, I never saw the film. It's a cool album. That's an yeah, you're probably like album. this album's gonna just shoot to the top. <laughs> I'm sure it did. It did all right. I think the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And who is it? Oh, uh, Kevin Klein. Kevin yes, Klein. Kevin Klein. Yeah, really great performance. Really, really great performance. The movie itself is, well, you know, um, it's okay, but his the performances were really good. Um, yeah. And then, and going along with that kind of like, let's, let's talk about Broadway. Um, all that jazz. Candy Casey. Very good. You're going to do it again, Victoria. Stop smiling. It's not the high school play. Count. Oh, five, six, seven, eight. All that work. Stand on your right foot. 
Watch your left toe. Drop that shoulder. All that oh, pain. That's not too hard, is it? Oh, boy, do I hate show business. All that Come glitter. Come jokes is what I need. Dale, you love show business. That's right, I love show business. All that love. I'll go either way. It's showtime, folks. All that jazz. The 79 with Jessica Lang. Um, Speaking of movies that never come up with a podcast, Joe. <laughs> no, that's that's a, po- that's a popular one. <laughs> a, I, I still, it's one of those ones that um, uh, I, also, I also have to preface by saying I, I, I know I'm wrong. wrong. I can't stand it. I can't stand it. I don't know why. It's just, I need, I need to it's, do another shot. I know. It's I know such I'm a great movie. I know I mean, I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. Every, character, Shiner, every character in that movie is terrific. Ray Shiner should be a cop or he should be fixing my car. He is not a Broadway choreographer. His performance is great, though. I loved, I like seeing him do this. I like, I'm wrong. I know I'm wrong. (laughs) I I know what you mean, though, Josh. I know what you mean. I, it's, it's so stylized and so strange. But at the same time, I mean, it's, uh, I, I loved it. I loved the, what I loved really was like, Obviously, now we've seen, I don't know if you've seen Fosse Verdon, but, you know, I also really like that show, um, Sam Rockwell and Michelle Williams. You got to see uh, more current, but like, I I love the family aspect of it. Like, I loved watching Aunt Ron King perform um, on, on screen. And, you know, I think, you know, him with his family is when you see, really see him light up um, and. And I really love that because a lot of the film is, you know, him being quite sick and flawed and, you know, he really lights up with that family uh, element of it. So I think I really enjoyed that. Um, And these dream sequences just kept getting weirder and weirder. And I just was there for it. I was just, I was there for it. Um, I've just been a big fan of Bob Fosse. Um, I love that he directed it. I love that it was loosely based on his, I mean, very loosely based on his life, I'm sure. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know. I, I, you put me with, uh, any kind of Broadway choreographer, dancers on a stage. Like it's, it's like the chorus, it's like a chorus line. It makes my heart like kind of skip a beat. Um, and so, you know, all that jazz was like, let's just, you know, just keep going. Um, Joe, what it, it, it hit me the other day because I was having this conversation. For some reason, this movie comes up more than any with with just literally everybody I know loves it. <laughs> everybody in the world loves it. I'm like one except bird. for you. Except for I'm like, why? Why is Star Eighty the only Fosse movie I really just love? Because you're really perverse. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I don't know if you see, if you haven't seen it, Jenna. Well, they're all about they're all mm-hmm. about death. All, all his movies are about death. Yeah, but Star Eighty's really about well, I mean it's about murder. That, well, yeah, but Jessica Lang plays death. In well, in yeah, in all that chat. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Right. The angel of death. I there's there's something terribly, terribly wrong with me. She's gonna go now watch that film and she's gonna I go am gonna this. watch that film. I'm so glad I'm movie. so glad we didn't do this episode. Eminently yeah. watchable. Star eighty? No. I'm talking one. about Star 80. I'm saying Jenna's going to go no, watch it. Not and, then and then she's going to be so happy that she didn't record this in a room with me. <laughs> I'm, well, I'm a big true crime junkie, so you say murder. Oh. Me, I mean, 
you know. Speaking <laughs> of, also- I know that you really wanted me to talk about some horror films on this, but no, I- no. <laughs> um, no, we do like off-brand stuff, though. It's always fun. When, I will you know- tell you that going a little off-brand, like horror films also made me, they made me terrified. Um, my brother <laughs> took me to, when I was a kid, we would go to a Disney world every Thanksgiving and my parents would send me and my brother off to a theme park and, you know, they would sit by the pool all day. And when we went, we would go to MGM when it was uh, still MGM. And he took me to, I think it was at MGM, the, um, the psycho reenactment. Um, and I had never seen the film, but they obviously show the shower clip, um, in the room. And then you walk into this, you know, kind of staged, uh, and and there's an audience, you know, seats with an audience and then this little like uh, in this black box and they have somebody become the grandmother with the the cap and the knife. And I saw that that clip for the very first time there and I have never been the same. I mean, truly never been the same. I can I can appreciate Hitchcock much more now, but um, I blame my brother for scarring me for life. I can never shower, you know, with a curtain you know, clothes ever again, ever again. If you um, want to relive that ride, you can find it on YouTube. I don't want to relive that <laughs> ride. My God, the, the first thing um, my wife did when she moved in uh, was made me take down my shower curtain, which um, on the front <laughs> is just a shower curtain. But when you get inside and you turn on the light, there's a silhouette of Mrs. Bates holding a knife. Oh, come on. <laughs> It's my worst I wonder nightmare. why she made you take that. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Uh, That's actually my worst nightmare. I'm, I'm okay with that. I was all right. <laughs> um, uh, all right. So another film um, I remember watching with my parents, uh, which was nice. Like, because we didn't watch, you know, we didn't sit down and watch a ton of movies together. But I remember watching um, Madonna's Evita. <laughs> She came from nothing. I am only a simple woman. But she wanted everything. One day, you too will inherit the treasure. She rose to power from the strength of her passion. Because it was TV, it was it premiered on TV, right? First, no. it didn't. Nope, nope. That was a big thing. My, mem- my well, my memory then definitely does not serve me. But you were two when it came out. I, think it's- <laughs> I was nine. Nine too. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but I remember sitting down and watching it with them, and and that album. Again, like this film is not, it wasn't the best film. It's, it's so fast. It flashes before your eyes and you're like, what just happened? But number one, it's Madonna um, and Antonio Banderas. And number two, it, that album is so good. 
I mean, I knew Evita. I knew a little bit about Evita, but after that, that that CD was on, re, you know, it's like a two disc or and that was on repeat forever. Um, it, it's it, I mean, it was originally a what a rock opera, right? Written as, as a rock opera. And, and um, it's just so the music composition is so compelling to me. I I could listen to that on repeat all the time. So that said, a lot of the some of these films, it's like the film may not have been the best, but like it didn't matter because the music held it up uh, for mm. me. And that really yeah. also like I I just um, even with all the changes from the stage show to that to the film, which I know got a lot of like hubbub. Um, I I loved it. <clears throat> I loved it. Loved it. You know, also it just hit me. You probably I mean you've been working for six years when you saw that you probably got sweeters. <laughs> I don't, I mean, maybe, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. In the no, academy awesome. by the time you were four, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, a SAG member since 1991. So yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> there you go. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, let's see. What other, what other film of these biographical films? I mean, we kind of talked about this one before. I, I mean... Love and Mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beach Boys. If everybody had a nose across the USA. Round, round, get around. I get around. Yeah, get around, round, round. I get around. I'm going to make the greatest album ever made. Got all kinds of new ideas, new sounds, new instruments. I may not always love you. You can't just do whatever you want, Brian. I got different stuff inside me. I gotta get it out. And you should know Brian has a very sick man. Daddy, if you should ever leave me. Ah, oh. yeah, so good. So good. Joe, did you see that? Have you ever seen that one? Oh, yeah, it's terrific. Yeah. God, it's so good. Um, I love the Beach Boys. I know a lot of people who do not like the Beach Boys, and I don't trust them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, it's brilliant. I mean, Petson is brilliant. And um, I, I actually, like, before I had seen that, I didn't know a lot about Brian Wilson and all of the mental health issues that he had dealt with. Yeah. So... I mean, I love a story. I mean, even in, what was this, like 2014, I think this came out, this was released. Like, it was almost ahead of its time in a way of talking about mental health issues and mental illness. Um, Paul Giamatti is a genius at being a villain villain that you kind of love and kind of hate. And um, I just, I thought the the way they kind of bounced back from each uh, each timeline was also so good. And um, this was one that I also felt like sometimes you don't, because the story is so important, you don't get as much music as you would like. Or I think this one, you got 
all the music you could hope for. Um, obviously, I would yeah, take and that's more. Like, was but... it Paul Paul Dano plays young? Brian yes, and then, brilliant. Uh, John Cusack, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, and Elizabeth Banks too, who best work. Um, <laughs> and I, the thing that the thing that hit me about it because I was never, I mean, I was like the Beach Boys, but they were not a band that I immersed myself in, and mm-hmm. I knew this stuff, but to see it play out when you realize that like that that fascinating competition between him and the Beatles that was going on where they were each, you know, and, and, you know, they all look back at it today fondly, but there was this real, like, I got to outdo those motherfuckers. For sure. And, but the difference being that the Beatles were this perfect synthesis of four brilliant collaborators Mm -hmm. who were utterly protected by this, everybody around them who worked with this incredible producer, everyone was supportive and encouraging and they were doing this great stuff. Brian Wilson was, spray them on to do better and brian wilson was surrounded by nothing but bastards everybody around him just trying to bring him down stop doing good music do the dopey crap that made us famous terrible producers terrible parents terrible family and he still managed to create this stuff and you just wonder like what would he have been able to do if he had found the same kind of support mechanism that like john and paul had for sure. No, for sure. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it is amazing. I mean, the I don't know how how accurate the father, you know, his father's relationship with him was, but I can believe that it was probably in his mind that bad. It is, it is based on watched. truth. I know that. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I, I I was just amazed by the whole, yeah, how many bastards he was surrounded by. Um, and, I mean, he's just, he was so, his mind is so brilliant and works so quickly. Um, yeah. And I, and then Paul Dano too, I read that like, a lot of his stuff was improv as well, which I thought for as an acting, you know, from an actor standpoint, I was like that. I just love when I, I read stuff like that. And um, his performance was really impressive to me. So um, there's another, um, uh, if you haven't seen it, there's a, a friend, a friend of the show, Alison Anders, I made a movie called Grace of My Heart, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, Ileana Douglas and uh, who's Matt Dillon playing basically Brian Wilson, but it's uh, a fictionalized version of Carol King's story. It's it. just fantastic. You will, you will absolutely love it. Okay. You will, you will see it, and you'll go, "Oh, that wasn't a waste of time going on that dumb show." Yeah, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, Love and Mercy is the top of my list for sure. Uh, yeah, it's so good. It's just a, it's just really good storytelling for sure. Um, going along that, I mean, there's, uh, get on up. One, two, three, four. Yes. Which, I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, even more so now, it's... I don't know that James Brown was incredibly likable (laughs) (laughs) as a human. I... 
based off of the film, like you know, it, yeah, you know, he's not that likable. So the movie at some points is like a little hard to swallow because you're like, I just don't, you know, he's not the most redeeming character. And I love a good, you know, kind of hero ending and, 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 but he's such a brilliant entertainer. Um, yeah. Chadwick's performance is oh, good. unreal, unreal. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you just see how, I mean, he really did, he was one of the, you know, those entertainers at the forefront, like, like MJ that were just like a complete triple threats, um, assholes while they were doing it, but complete triple threats. Um, and I, I was kind of like, um, I remember watching it like uh, thrown off by the, this like nonlinear narrative, mm-hmm. um, because sometimes my head, it's like hard for my head to grasp what's going on and what time period we're in and where we're at. And I'm like, my organizational brain it cannot handle this, but I appreciate <laughs> it when they do stuff like that. And and um, I I mean, I just thought uh, I it was an interesting film. He's an interesting person and um, obviously very worthy of a biographical film. I, I mean, who am yeah. I to say that whether he's worthy or not? But um, you know, he's just an icon of sorts and a who true is, Who played um, Joe Murray? Do you remember uh, who played Little Richard in that? Because I love the scenes with James Brown and Little Richard uh, sitting there talking. Uh, hold on, don't worry. in front of me. Hang on. Oh, oh no, that's that's my job. You shouldn't. No, we don't make the guests work once they're on. Um, but Brandon Smith. I don't know Brandon Smith. Um, yeah, but those, those scenes are fantastic. Oh, so good. So, so good. I, I love it. it. had that wonderful, like, probably <laughs> mythic, but still great when he's, they're in Vietnam. Yes. They're in the airplane. They're getting shot at. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out. James Brown's going like, get me to the stage. The plane <laughs> lands and they jump out of the plane. He jumps on stage. He goes, one, two, three. And the airplane blows up behind him and they just start playing. <laughs> And I was like, that's all you need to do. It's just that four-minute movie. It was like everything you love about James Brown. It's, <laughs> it's such a bonkers scene. I loved it so much. Right. There's also that scene in the boxing ring. Um, gosh, my Yeah. Name. Oh, yeah. When he's a yeah. kid. It was yep. so, it was great. It was beautifully shot, but it was also like, um, I think that's what I was kind of looking for more. It was like, how did he get to where he, um, where he got, you know, from what he learned in his childhood, right? Like what happened to him in his childhood. And so uh, um, to watch him in the boxing ring and then like, you know, you see him like kind of see that, that, that band start to play with the horns and kind of like go into this fa- like fantasy musical number. And I was like, there it is. There we are. Yeah. That, you know, you <laughs> just, I need like one good scene like that and I'm hooked. So <laughs> um, that was it. But Going on that, actually, um, Ray is another one of the, obviously, mm. an incredible film. Um, Ray Charles saw the world in ways no one could imagine. I hear like you see, like that hummingbird outside the window, for instance. I can't hear her. You hear that? Her heart just skipped a beat. <laughs> he broke barriers no one thought possible. If you want me to do something special, I'm going to need my own band. Okay, but you're gonna have to make it work, Ray. Yeah, well, I'm gonna make it do what it do, baby. <laughs> yeah. Ow! It's a 
played what no one else dared. Nobody's ever combined R&B and gospel before. You're turning God's music into sex. All of y'all going straight to hell. If all of y'all want me to keep playing, let me hear you say amen. Amen. You know I had my eye on you all night long. (laughs) He feels a risk because he figures that's the way to tell she's good looking or not. Feeling Ray? Baby. Jamie Foxx is amazing. But um, I thought the flashback scenes <laughs> that they do when Ray is going blind with his mom and with his brother, George, I, um, it's like, it's that perfect thing I was talking about of the flashback to how he got to where he was, why he is the way he is. And, um, you know, the character development was, uh, was so good. Um, the storytelling was so, it was shot so beautifully. And when his eyes are blue and he's going blind and you see those bottles and you hear them, it's like wind chimes. And she's like, um, you know, he's crying and his eyes are all wet. And you're like, I, you know, I'm a puddle on the floor. So that really, um, it was really emotional. I cry at the drop of a hat, but I mean, that one really got me. Um, and I thought all the performances were so excellent in that film. Um, I yeah. mean, you had like Regina King and Carrie Washington is all these like, um, you know, incredible women. And uh, so, yeah, Ray was definitely one of those that I was like, I like, thank you. <laughs> thank you to the film gods. <laughs> um, yeah. I can't, wasn't there a thing? Didn't he somehow... I'm always mystified by this. Didn't didn't Jamie Foxx do his own singing somehow, or did they do some sort of weird thing where they mixed his voice with Ray Charles? Am I nuts, Joe? Do you remember this? I remember I, I remember discussions about it, but I don't remember anybody coming to a firm conclusion. Okay, yeah, I don't I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Some... I feel like I feel like maybe he did do some of his singing. Yeah. I wouldn't be I mean, shocked. Ray had a distinct voice. I mean, he wasn't like, you know, some great operatic. No, but it's. He just it's, had a very distinct voice. Very so. distinct. Yeah. 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 Hmm. Um, yeah. Terrific film. I mean, there, you know, you know, who didn't, who I had, I wished had done her singing was um, one of my other ones on this list was uh, What's Love Got to Do With It? The Tina Turner biopic. Every woman in here want to sing with Ike's band. Oh, please don't leave me back. Girl, Girl, you shocked the hell out of me. They <laughs> want me to be his new singer. You watch yourself. You know what they say about I. Darling, yes, Tina. I think it's gonna work out fine. It's gonna work out fine. Priceless, girl. Priceless. priceless. She prices all right. She ain't seen a dime of it yet. Everyone who's come up with me has left me. I wouldn't do that. Uh, what the problem is? I'm trying to help Ike, all right? You trying to help Ike? You got yourself a good man. You just keep in that. Why, you wish she had sung for Tina? No, no, I mean, I don't wish she had sung, but, you know, like, nowadays you have all of these musical films where they're singing live on sets, which you can totally, I can totally appreciate because it gives a, right. an actor a lot of freedom um, that you don't have if it's pre-recorded, obviously. Um, and... 
Um, I know that she had, they had taken a lot of like Tina's, um, all of Tina's vocals. I think they said had she had more time that she would have, she would have done it. But I don't know. Tina is also like so distinct. And I don't know that Angela would have had any voice left after, you know, filming that film, doing Tina's kind of like, you know, uh, I don't even know what you call it. It's like that growl. Um, Yeah. That film... (laughs) is a heavy film. Yeah. Uh, It's a dark, that is a dark film. I, I think that one um, was on my list because I just didn't, number one, any woman, you know, like pop diva at the helm of a film, I, you know, you can count me in also, but uh, I didn't know that she stayed so long. Like I didn't know her and Ike were, were together for as long as they were through all of that. Um, you know, all of that abuse and to just see her, how successful she was and became, and kind of like you said, like, had she been around people who or you know, not being, being physically abused, you know, what, what, what she could have really achieved and what she did achieve despite that. Um, so while act two was literally watching her get beat up (laughs) every scene and it was like it's very heavy um i don't know that you could have done it i mean i don't know that i would i would comment or criticize on what they did because if that's what she went through like that's her yeah. her biography and that's what we're watching um my, my understanding is they kind of they they toned it down a bit too oh i mean it breaks yeah. my heart it breaks my heart um i got to I had the rare privilege of, of doing two two seasons so far of an audio drama with Lawrence fishburne and oh he's got there is not a single story he told me about ike turner that i could relate publicly <laughs> oh, just, they're insane and awful and i mean i don't think he did he meet him or did is this story story yeah oh, oh yeah yeah wow. yeah, okay. yeah I, mean, sort of, I mean but imagine being ike turner and it's like hey i'm playing in this movie about yeah for- <laughs> and Ike's like hey i'm gonna be in a movie yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> um, but she, Tina, I mean, is uh, I, I mean, I grew up listening to her too. So, it, you know, that yeah. was really, um, you know, she just had a really big impact on my musical listening and um, my childhood. Uh, and gosh, she's, she's amazing. She's also like, yeah. she's just like total entertainer. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't get to see my friend Adrian Warren actually played her was was uh, portraying her on Broadway in Tina. That was just there, and obviously, you know, COVID, so mm. it sucks. But um, and then you got Selena. Warner Brothers is proud to present the extraordinary story of a girl with a talent that would come to touch us all. Como LaFleur from Selena y Los Dinos, which had just skyrocketed to the number one spot. Selena! I love you, and I'm very proud of you. With every triumph. He is so cute. But mom, you can't tell dad. Came heartbreak. 
You don't think I know who you are? I come from the streets. I know what a bum musician is. I'm not gonna stop seeing him, Dad. I'm not gonna have this in my family. He's such a good friend. And with every success, you know we got a problem, Yolanda. Came the risk of betrayal. Selena, I'm worried. I never take anything from Selena. Uh, um, this movie was also like on repeat uh, for years after I first saw it. Um, J Lo is just like another breakout role. It was this was so massive for her, and also like she. I just watched it yesterday because it was it's so good. Um, she's brilliant. The I I didn't know, which I thought was really interesting, was how quickly after her murder this film was made. Um, it was like a year and a half after. Because oh, yeah, because her father um wanted to get something in production before too many other things were made about her that skewed the real oh. the true story. So um, I thought it was just really uh, what an undertaking for J-Lo and for those filmmakers when I think I read like J-Lo was like, I had to get it right and I had to do a lot of research because she's so fresh in everybody's minds. Um, and her performance was really just, I mean, down to the, the accent and her, um, like her physicality on stage was like so, so specific. Um, and I just, I mean, little Selena's adorable and the music is so good. The costume changes were so good that just like the, um, I thought they really got the musical aspect of, of, you know, the stage performances in that film as well. Um, you mm-hmm. could really feel like, like you were in that stadium with her, uh, and, I mean, they were, it, it's one of my favorite films of all time. Um, so that's definitely. Who, uh, Gregory, Gregory Nava directed that, mm-hmm. um, director of a great film, El Norte. And, yes. um, yeah, yep. really, really. I saw that in, they played, they, we watched El Norte in high school. My, oh, wow. Yeah. Well, good high, good high school. That's right. <laughs> we had a, a pretty great performing arts high school, Catholic school, but performing arts high school, yeah. you know. You take the good with the bad. Okay. <laughs> you take the good with the good. With the good. Um, yeah, I always, I always wish. I mean, Jennifer Lopez is so good in in some stuff that I just, I wish she did more movies. I know, but then she decided to go do nothing wrong. Love she, wedding she's doing planner, all right. But she's you're like, yeah, right. she's doing. You know, she's okay. I know, I know. She's fine. Yeah, she's not. I just think of like, yeah, Selena, and then Out of Sight is just. I can't believe how totally. good she is in that film. No, yeah. I yeah, she she. I mean, the ones she picks were, or was picking at the time, were just versatile and different, and really like she knocked him out of the park. Um, yeah. But then her, I think well, her musical in, career uh, kind of um, just like took off, and what was the thing last year? Hustlers. She was great. Oh that, yeah, that that's right. That's yeah. Right. I, I haven't seen that yet either. Like I said, it's the block. It's the blockbuster repeats at the moment. We've been really bad yeah. picking up on my films, but. It's a good time to be eating comfort food, I think. That's it's right. Quite, quite all right to be going back to your favorites. <laughs> That's right. Um, I mean, when I was kind of research, kind of thinking about my list, it's like I wanted to do all the musical movies. 
<laughs> not just the biographical ones. Like all of, them. all of them, you know, going back to like, you know, Sweet Charity and Sound of Music and Wizard of Oz and then the more current ones that really I remember um, when I was like pers- really, you know, heavily pursuing musical theater on Broadway was like Moulin Rouge in Chicago. And I just loved the idea that musicals, pop music and um, musical theater, Broadway was like kind of being transcended into these very large, huge Hollywood productions and the kind of hitting the masses in a different way, um, in a really successful way, in a really thoughtful um, and creative way as well. Um, and that was really exciting to me. So like I, because when I was a kid, I, I, all I wanted to do is be on Broadway on, from the time I was, um, you know, in my first school musical and then doing The King and I and then being able to, you know, pursue it. It was like TV and film was never really in on the horizon. For, I never like it was never in my dreams. It was like a far off thing like maybe that could that would have been fun. That would be fun. But um, it wasn't really the, the goal. And so, you know, I watched, I saw a lot of Broadway shows, but, um, you know, obviously like sometimes this, this podcast is like the movies that made you want to be in movies. Um, but I wanted to, it wasn't until later that I really started to think like, oh, I could be, um, you know, on the screen and before Glee, it was like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I mean, I really just want to sing and dance. Um, and then it was, I really want to sing and dance on TV. And then, like, my dreams came true. <laughs> so, uh, but movies definitely were, um, I mean, for, I think, 99% of us were formative in some way in shaping whether it's who we are, what we, what we wanted, what, what our, how big our dreams could be, how scary they could be. You know, I think, I think that they were, they are, uh, I don't know, formative in some way or another. Sure. Um, it's funny, but because I, I did want to ask you at a certain point, it's like, I, I guarantee you she loves Moulin Rouge. And, love. Uh, love. Have we talked about that, Joe? I feel I feel like this is, is this one of your... What? Which one? Moulin Rouge. The Boss Lerman one. Oh, well, there are others, you know. <laughs> the, the, the good one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> the good one. I um I think it was the last movie I saw at the uh, um, Hollywood Forever cemetery screenings that they oh, do wow. uh, before all the time was they screened Moulin Rouge and uh, and it ended with fireworks um, over the thing and it was just one of the greatest thing like, I just love that movie to death I truly <laughs> I love the movie and I, by the way I completely understand why people just were so angry about it it it, it sort of it it's almost like it's built to irritate anger. <laughs> and anger and but, oh, I mean, I love, I love Boz. I love, I love the style in which he shoots. I also love that they were able to, I mean, they integrated these med, this like brilliant medley that like it's, it's so mm-hmm. good to listen, easy to listen to, so much fun to sing to. I mean, you have a lover's duet that's so gorgeous. I mean, I, I sing that in my car. Um, and, and the film is like, I don't know, I, I didn't get to see it on Broadway, unfortunately, but uh, which I think that probably would have angered me. I'm not going to lie. Um, uh, because the film is so, so damn good. Um, yeah, it's so cinematic, too. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, 
it's one of, I would say it's, you know, it's down. It's about number a thousand on my list of things that uh, make me sad about the current state of things. But, but sure. down there is the fact that uh, Baz Luhrmann was doing an Elvis biopic when all this started and that's been on hold for oh, man. almost a year. Who's playing Elvis? Year. Do we know? I, know. I feel like uh, I remember. No, it, was mo- it was seemed to be mainly about Colonel Parker. What? Yeah. That's who Tom Hanks was playing. What? Oh. Yeah, he's playing Colonel Parker. It's about Colonel Parker. Boz Lerman is making an Elvis movie. The big about- star in the movie is Tom Hanks. And he's oh my playing. God, you're right. I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's Austin, Austin Butler. Is playing. Oh, yeah. No, no. He, he's, a, he's not a newcomer. He's just an, a newer. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, remember, we're old here. So we're uh, these kids. He's these younger. Kids. He's younger. But he does very. He has that smoldering look to him. So, uh, well, I'm, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to that one getting finished. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, and Chicago is the other one that I just absolutely love and could watch all the time. Um, I think that I love that time period in general, watching any kind of film that's set in that time period. But um, we are I can review tomorrow's episode that's dropping, which will be, you know, a month ago by the time people listen to this. But uh, Yardley Smith uh, plays Lisa yes. and comes on and she talks at much length about Chicago. I mean, the thing about Chicago, the film was I had seen that on Broadway so many times as a kid, and oh, really? I don't know if you've seen it, but it's it's a minimal set. It's really it's a black that, yeah. set painted, and they have like a couple of props, lots of lighting, and really like no sets, just chairs, and you know, cell block is like that red kind of back scrim, and that's it. And so, um to see it come to life in a different way. I mean, you got to see the sets and you got to see the the time period rather than just black, you know, they're all in black and Fosse, you know, like Fosse had wanted. And so um, I think like the dream sequences were done in the right way. Um, they hid Renelle Zellweger, Zellweger's terrible dancing in the right way. They... <laughs> Um, Catherine Zeta-Jones is brilliant, I thought. And, like, I just thought that the way that they kind of transcended from, uh, adapted it, it was, like, um, it came to life in a different way. Yeah. So that was very Yeah, cool. I really love that film. Yeah. I think I'll watch that later today. Um, <laughs> very cool. I think that's my 10. I mean, obviously, you know. I Obviously, you could go on and I could. on because you love all these musical pictures. I could. I could. I mean... <laughs> I love a documentary too. So you should uh, you should <laughs> you should seek out the original version of uh, Chicago, which is not a musical. Um, I will. It, it's called Roxy Hart, and it stars uh-huh. uh, Ginger Rogers. Oh, Wait, what? Ginger Rogers. Okay. Is that true? I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, I uh, I uh, I did not know that. I thought everybody knew that. I didn't know. I didn't. So it's a musical remake, essentially. Yes, it's a musical remake, but it's huh. a, it was originally a straight play, movie, um, straight movie. Wow! And is the story similar? The same story. Okay, it's just um, made into a musical. Yeah, I I, I didn't know. see this is, is Joe knows everything. The um, <laughs> this is why we here, keep I'm you actually, around, I'm going to yeah. show you show you about something. For, I'll, I'll either cut this or people will be wondering what's going on. But uh, we had um, like Baron Holtz on a couple of weeks ago talking about. Movies that were objectively bad that he loves, <laughs> and uh, um, one of them was The Greatest Showman, 
which Joe then went off on how much he loved. And my wife loved when she saw it. And then the other day, not to bring everyone down, we were sort of like, you're reeling from the Ruth Bader Ginsburg yeah. uh, of it all. And I was like, literally the only thing I could possibly do to keep Nancy from, you know, jumping out of a window was um, watch great. Like, Trump okay, we'll watch this, but here I'm going to show you guys this embarrassing photo. And I, I'm sitting there five minutes into it, Joe, and I'm going, "Fucking Joe Dante, I'll fucking kill him for making this." This, this is me an hour and a half into it. <laughs> hey, this is Josh here, post facto. Uh, I was going to cut this, and then I thought, I don't know, some of you might enjoy seeing one of the most embarrassing photos of me ever taken. So. If you go to the Trailers from Hell uh, webpage and click on the podcast section, it'll be up there. God help me. And now back to the rest of our show. <laughs> That's that amazing. movie is so dumb and so lovely. Did you, you know that um, the bearded lady is like one of my best friends. Is she really? Kayla Settle is like one of my closest oh friends. Oh my. We did, God, um, we did Waitress together. Yeah, she, uh, she actually was with Hugh. She's the only principal that stuck with Hugh from the very first reading of Greatest Showman, which was supposed to be a musical, stage musical, to uh -huh. when they actually decided that it was going to be a film. And he said, I won't do it unless Kayla gets to be the bearded man. You know, you know they so wanted good. to stunt cast that one as well and bring in a, a star, but she is just so, I mean... That song is like her. an anthem. Is the anthem her. of the music. Yeah, of the, the no, music. that that thing's yeah. so great. Yeah. And then I also I gotta say, I just I love the scene too when they uh, when the uh, you know the townspeople come and basically <laughs> Hugh's like, "Where are my freaks?" and they all jump in and just beat the heck out of them with their freak powers. I was absolute heaven. <laughs> I mean, it's so dumb. I love it so much. A, it is. It is a load of malarkey, but it is. It so is good. such I'm malarkey. Really the whole time, every time I'm going, I know this was one of the worst people who ever lived, but this movie is so And the good. music is so, I mean, I, that soundtrack, amazing. yeah, I just have that on repeat too. Yes. So. It's oh, fantastic. Really um, well, well, well Jenna, Jenna, thank you so much for taking yes. the time out of your busy schedule. Of course. Very, Thanks for having me. Um, well, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's fun yes, to talk about well, movies and re you know revisit some of these these uh, treasures. Our show was recorded from several well-stocked bunkers. We can't wait to get back to beautiful downtown Burbank. We're the official podcast of TrailersFromHell.com, the best damn movie website there is. Our engineer is the composer Don Barrett, who also transmogrified, produced, and created our theme song. This is Josh Olson for the Movies That Made. Stay safe out there, folks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.